Welcome back to J. Tom Wallerink here on the campus of Merrimack College, North Andover, Massachusetts, where our score at the end of two periods of play is Boston University 2 and Merrimack 2. This is Mike Mackman alongside John Leahy joining us here in the second intermission. Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, the Eagle Tribune, NeutralZone.net, uh, College Hockey Insider, College Hockey News. Say, you know, ESPN, CNN, what have you, whatever. But uh, all right, Mike, uh, that second period, first of all, maybe the you know the big play we were just talking about there. Merrimack scores a goal to tie it up at two to two, but it looked like before that with BU pressing in the offensive end, there was a puck that got deflected up and uh, dangerously close, at the least, to going out of play. I thought that I saw the net move, the netting up, you know, out of play, uh, and, and the puck hitting that and then bouncing back into the play, but not have the play not having been. Whistle dead. What did you see? I, I thought. I mean, it was close at live speed. I, I thought it may have hit the net too. Uh, the thing is, is I don't. I don't know that that's a reviewable play. Uh, there's a pretty. And I, I honestly, I'd have to look it up. I mean, I, I don't know off the top of my head if pucks out of play are reviewable. It'd be a weird thing to have to review. You would think under normal circumstances. So uh, I'm not sure that it's actually a reviewable play. But the NCAA, I know, is, they, they spell it out pretty clearly what is reviewable and what isn't. My guess is that that's what Logan Cockrell was talking to the to the officials about after the goal. It was a pretty long conversation there. Um, I, based on the fact that they didn't look at it. My assumption is that it's not reviewable, and not that BU opted not to challenge. I think if BU, if BU thought the puck went out of play, and clearly they did, they were talking about it. If allowed, I'm going to make the assumption that they would have issued a challenge there and had the had the replay looked at. My guess is that the officials told Cockrell it's not a reviewable play. It's not something you can challenge. So that's it's my guess. I mean, we can we can find out after the game, obviously, but that's my guess. You know, I have to look at the replay again to watch how that play developed, but uh, you know. Durflinger getting the, uh, the, the the breakaway there. Certainly possible there that BU let up a bit thinking that the play was going to be whistled dead, and that partly allowed him to, to go in alone. Yeah, and, and they had two defenders, I think, that collided into each other too, that fell, and that kind of opened up the free space. So a, a lot of things <laughs> a lot of things probably went right for Merrimack in that instance, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look, actually, when we're done here. I didn't have time to do it before I came down here, but uh, I'm, I'm interested whether or not that is reviewable, because I would have to think, like I said, if, if it they, they seem to think the puck went out of play, the BU bench. So if they could review it, I would imagine they would review it or ask for it to be reviewed. Yeah, I would think it should be reviewable. If it's not, that uh, seems to me like a glaring omission in the rule book that you should be able to look at that to see if that was the case, especially where, you know, in, you may in some ranks it may be the puck goes up out of play and it stays out of play, right? From here, apparently, the way it, the, the netting is stretched, it's possible for it to hit that netting and come right back into, into uh, onto the ice. So, uh, you know, they, I think that should be able to look at that. And, and I think, too, you get sometimes in the neutral zone where maybe the puck hits somebody's glove leaning over the boards or hits that padding on the corner. I mean, there's there's a million little areas where the puck can get out of play. Uh, under normal circumstances, it's probably not something you'd have to review. But, I mean, I, I can certainly see a situation where puck's in the neutral zone and it goes up and maybe it hits somebody's stick on the bench that's overhanging that, the half wall a little bit and falls back down and it ends up leading to a goal. I mean, there could be a, mil- a million little things like that. Well, 2-2 game here after 2, uh, John and I were talking about it, and we talk about it with you a lot of times, too. When, when a team is playing well and getting chances, you got to get results, right? So that second period, 
pretty much the whole way. It was the ice was tilted into the BU end with Merrimack having chance after chance on shooting BU. I don't know what it was, 14 to three or 14 to four at one point, whatever it was. Nothing to show for it, and then BU comes down the other end, scores the goal. Right? How how many times have we seen that occur? And that ends up being effectively the nail in the coffin. Well, they had a 2-1 lead at that point. Instead, what happens is Merrimack takes advantage of maybe a break there and goes into score. Durflinger, the, the uh, Denver transfer, scores from another Denver transfer, Jandrick, and they tie the game at two. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it shows you a couple of things, right? It shows you that this BU team has got enough skill that they don't need a lot of chances to put the puck in the net. That's one of the things I, I said about them last year. I, I was critical of BU going into the tournament. Everybody that has listened to me or read my stuff knew that. I didn't think the way that they had played down the stretch last year was going to be conducive to playoff success, especially when you match up against some of the tougher NCHC teams. But uh, it, the, one of the things I remember saying at the time, and this was last March, is when you've got that much talent on your roster, you don't necessarily need the same number of chances to score as your opponent on most nights. Now, I still think you're playing with fire if you're getting outshot by eight or nine shots, ten shots a game. Uh, but realistically, I mean, they're, they're such a talented team that they don't need as many opportunities to put up you know, that race to three that we always talk about, that race to three goals. They can get it on less shots than their opponents most nights because they're just that much better skill-wise than a lot of their opponents are. But, yeah, I mean, that's what that's what we kind of saw in that period. You're right. The ice was tilted Merrimack's way. Uh, I thought BU's best chances so far have come on the power play, which should be no surprise. I mean, their power play has been fantastic through four games. He also had the Brown breakaway, and he had another chance yeah. later in the period. That was a, a big stop by Borgu. It was. It was, yeah. I, I think, for the most part, the, the bulk of their puck possession tonight so far has been on the power play. Their longest sustained times in the offensive zone have been on the power play. But again, like... That power play is dangerous. You know, if you're Merrimack, you don't want to be messing around with that when it's converting at 30% coming into the weekend. And let's also remember, they've got arguably the two best forwards out of the lineup here in yes. Tuck and O'Brien. And, you know, how much better is this team going to be? And they're trying to find ways to win the game right now when they don't have those guys in the lineup. And, of course, they, they were able to do that last Saturday. And you know, they're in a 2-2 game on the road here tonight. Two, two guys that are being their top six. I mean, there's no question about a first-round pick and a second-round pick. I mean, that, that's a top-line player and a second-line player that you're missing out of a very good BU roster. I mean, we just talked about how talented they were. Those are two guys that would be uh, in, the, in their top six as far as forwards go when they're not here. Uh, we're talking with Mike McMahon here. The score is 2-2 two to two, BU and Merrimack at the end of two periods of play. Tough stretch here for Merrimack. Now, the first of six straight where they'll play Friday night at home, Saturday on the road against the team that, you know, all three of these teams they're going to face could make the NCAA tournament, right? BU, UMass, and Boston College. All three of these teams could finish in the top four and get home ice in the first round of the tournament. So uh, how much, whatever happens here, I mean, how important is this stretch here? What do they have to do to be in a good position to go on from there the rest of the season? Because let's remember, you know, they're not going to play that many games against these top four teams after this stretch. Here. Tread water. Uh, <laughs> that's really, I think, if you're Merrimack, what you're looking to do. And internally, I'm, I'm sure that's not what they're saying, right? They were trying to win every hockey game, of course. But I, I think if you kind of look at it critically, there's a six-game stretch, like you said, that's a very difficult stretch. Two with BU, two with UMass, two with BC. Uh, I, I think if, if you're Merrimack and you come out of that stretch, two and four, probably feeling pretty good about yourself. I mean, at least you should be, because you're going to have opportunities to win games against teams that I think a lot of people think are going to be near the bottom of the standings come November, December, and January. Uh, I think if they can come out of this stretch 2-4, and four, if they come out of it 3-3, three and three, I mean, that's that, that's a really, really good record in these six games. 
if you come out of it two and four, I think they put themselves in position to keep their record around 500 when you look at who they're going to be playing in November, in December, uh, and even heading into January with some of their non-conference games. Yeah, I think out of this stretch, they need to show that they can win these games, that they can beat these teams. And, uh, you know, we saw them split with BU last year. They split with UMass, but it was the first weekend of the season, right? Nobody knew how the rest of the season was going to go. They played very well against Boston College in two games last year, but didn't win either one of them. I think I think you're right. I think they got to get at least two, if not three, wins out of this stretch. Yeah, I, I think if they get three, if they go 500 against the teams that we all think are going to be the top teams in the league, they're in really good shape. I mean, really good shape. Because uh, theoretically, they're going to have a lot of success against UVM and Maine and UNH. And they had success against those teams, well, the ones that they played. Oh, UNH was the only one. Uh, but against those teams last year when they played them. So, uh, yeah, three, three and three, I think you got to be feeling really good about where you're at. Let's talk about the third team we're going to play in this stretch. We know what UMass did last year, Boston College. Uh, how good is this Eagles team going to be? I, I think they're trying to figure out a way to put it together. A lot of new faces there. Uh, I, I think they're settling in on a goalie from what it seems like. Uh, you know, they they get a lot of new faces that they're trying to integrate in the lineup, freshmen, and then those transfers that they're bringing, the Bowling Green guys and some more. So I think they're going to get it together because, uh, again, on paper, really good team. Uh, but I think if you're Merrimack, you're, you're going to be happy that you're getting them earlier in the year. Honestly, I mean, it's a really tough stretch to play these three to play these three teams six games in a row on three consecutive weekends. But I think you'd much rather it happen in October than January. You know, I, I think it's a tougher, tougher road if you're facing these three teams in January. Mike, thanks as always. I know you it sounds like you'll be covering the game down there. We won't be down there tomorrow at BU. I think you will. So, folks, check out his work. Where's the best place uh, for them to follow along uh, your coverage of the game tomorrow night? You know what? Go to Mike McMahon CHN on Twitter. I post links to everything. That's the easiest way to find everything. There you go. You got College Talking Insider. You got uh, Mac Report. You've got uh, Eagle Tribune. College Talking News, obviously. But yeah, follow him on Twitter at Mike McMahon uh, Sorry, at Mike McMahon CHN. Thanks again, Mike. I guess we'll talk to you next Friday night. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike McMahon. I guess here the score after two is BU two and Merrimack two. Back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.